0: Welcome to The Holistic Entrepreneur with Success Coach, Holistic Nurse Practitioner and best-selling author, Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie shares inspirational and enlightening content to educate, empower, and facilitate well-being while nurturing the mind-body-spirit connection. This boost of positive energy will help you manage stress and make the most of your life, allowing you to thrive in the new normal. Now please welcome the host of The Holistic Entrepreneur, Bonnie Gressel. Well, welcome everyone. Your host, Bonnie Gressel, here at The Holistic Entrepreneur. Now, today marks the last day in the self-care series for 2021. And I'm going to do a summary of the past seven months in just a moment. It's going to be a little bit longer show, but more on that in, in a little bit. First, I always want to let you know how grateful I am. That you are sharing your valuable time with me. I so appreciate you. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've tuned in before, welcome back. Now, I always want to remind you that the information presented here is educational, inspirational, and motivational in nature. But I always, always just want you to take what fits for you and simply let go of the rest. And also, it's really important to note that this show does not intend or imply to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So I always want to preface every show with that little caveat. And we're going to be talking about some things today that, you know, you really need to get a medical um, opinion first before trying something new. So the other thing, as you know, that I always want to do on the show is to remind you to just stop and take a moment for you. Take a moment to... and. You know, just breathe. Just breathe with intention, noticing your breath. So just stop for a moment and take time for you. Notice the air coming in and notice the air going out. And most importantly, notice you. Notice what a beautiful human being you are. You are so loved. I know that. Now, I always want to remind you to stop and notice. Perhaps this is the only moment you take for yourself today. And if so, so be it. But it's so important to your well-being. The more you can do this, the better, really. Now, I hope that you'll agree that we've set a good foundation of self-care in the past seven months of podcasts and blogs. Self-care is important for everyone. It should be a priority, no matter what your role is in life. And you can always access any of the archived podcasts at at your your favorite podcast directory or you can always find it at my website which is bonniegressel.com and i put the link below on the show page for you today as well now perhaps as we summarize the past episodes you'll find that you want to go back and listen to you know listen to it again or get more details or maybe you missed it the first time so that's always going to be there for you at com. and such observe you in this way and i hope that you've enjoyed as much as I have enjoyed spending time with you each week. So going forward, I'm going to be devoting more time to my work with women entrepreneurs. You know, perhaps you might be thinking about starting a business to help others. You know, we all have gifts to share. Remember, no one in the whole world does what you do in the way you do it. We are all different. We're all unique. Now, there are people out there who want what you have to offer. Coaching is a growing industry. Oh my gosh, it's growing so fast. There are coaches for just about everything. Now online coaching has become very popular since COVID-19, which means you can reach more people around the globe if you want and never have to leave your home. So whether you're just thinking about coaching or maybe you have already established a practice, you'll probably agree there is a lot to learn, right? I know I've been where you are and I had to learn some things the hard way. It doesn't really have to be that hard. When I worked with a coach, it made all the difference. Once you have clarity about who your ideal client is and how you can serve them, then you can create a solid plan that will lead you to success. So if you want to chat about any of your goals or pick my brain a little bit, please reach out to me at bonniegressel.com. There's a contact page there, and it's just bonniegrussell.com contact. And you can either set up a time to chat or just send me an email if you like. So let's get into summarizing what we've covered in this self-care series. Well, we started very basic. We began the series with breathing. You have to breathe anyway. And your action step was to just breathe, but notice how you breathe. You know, we tend to breathe a little bit more shallow when we're stressed. We probably all have experienced that. So do you breathe shallowly or do you breathe more deeply and relaxed? How often do you find yourself sighing? Are you breathing with your chest or are you breathing with your belly like we do when we're babies? That's how we really should breathe. That's the most relaxing breath. And then I asked you to just sit for a minute or so and pay attention. Notice what it feels like. The air coming in and the air leaving. Does it go all the way down to your belly? Notice the exhale. And next, I asked you to experiment and get creative and how you can fit just a minute or two into your life to just stop and breathe. A few times a day is great, but at least once. And, you know, everything else is just, you know, letting everything else go, to just be still and breathe. Now, if the only place that you have privacy is in the bathroom, that's okay. I've known people who started that way, even if you have a toddler at home. I mean, maybe there's nap time, or maybe you can sneak off to the bathroom for a little bit. Go for it. You know, if you can't be in the bathroom with the door closed, make a game of it with your toddler. Have them sit and be still and notice their breath, too. Get creative. There's ways that you can easily fit this into your life, really, no matter who you are. And then we talked about the benefits of meditation, which is really just breathing in a specific way. But there are lots of ways to do meditation. And meditation or breathing, breathing exercises helps to increase the activity of that parasympathetic nervous system we talked about. That's the relaxing side of your nervous system or the involuntary side. Now, it's counterpart sympathetic nervous system. That's where we get into the fight, flight, or freeze response. Because evolution-wise, as we evolved, the sympathetic nervous system really is what was there to keep us safe. We would either fight, run away, or freeze and play dead when predators were after us. But many of the problems in today's world have caused an overactivity of that sympathetic nervous system. It's like the saber-toothed tiger never goes away. So the nervous system is never fully relaxed. And this leads to increased stress hormones like cortisol, and that can lead to high blood pressure, health palpitations, anxiety, headaches, even weight gain. You know, you hear people talk about the COVID-15, that they gained 15 pounds. Well, that's kind of part of that whole stress piece. It also decreases your immune function. And that's the last thing we need today, right? So stress can even cause skin and gastrointestinal problems. I mean, the list goes on and on. Creating balance through attention to your breathing Meditation, whether it's guided meditation, visualization, or just b- breath work, will slow your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, lower those cholesterol levels, and strengthen your immune system. Now, when you're visualizing as a means of meditation, know that imagery can actually be seeing things in your mind, but it can also be feeling or hearing or smelling or really any of the senses. Not everybody is visual as their primary way of perceiving. So don't be too concerned if you don't see the images in your mind. Just accept whatever it is that you experience. And when you begin a meditation practice and incorporate this into your life, your interaction, or I should say reaction, to your environment will change. Things aren't going to bother you so much. You'll be more calm, positive, and you'll just feel better. So your action step was to commit to, you know, just a minute or two a day, a couple times a day if you can, to be mindful, to notice your breath, to watch your baby sleep, to be in awe of something beautiful, just to give your mind a break. When you're noticing your breath, remember I I had mentioned this before, the longer the exhale is, the more it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, that relaxing part of you. I've talked about this several times in episodes in this series. But breathing out as a longer exhale is really a good thing to do if you can. And then we talked about bringing meditation into your life, weaving it into your life, not just when you're stressed, but you know, all the time. because after a practice, it will just become natural. When you're stressed, you just kind of kind of go into that breathing pattern or whatever. So take a moment. And just connect with your breath while you're doing routine tasks, you know, like arriving early for an appointment or checking in line at the checkout or, or eating. Taking moments in your day to pay attention to your breath and be mindful of right now, the present moment, without thinking about the past or the future. Just enjoying the now is really, really good for your overall well-being. Now, when you practice living in the present moment on a daily basis, Everything in your life can actually be the same or even more stressful. But you know what? It's not going to bother you so much because you won't be activating that sympathetic nervous system that takes you into flight, fight, or freeze. Feelings of distress are not usually related to actually what happens, the event, or the situation, but rather our reaction to it, the thoughts we have about it. And meditation can assist you in minimizing those reactions, keeping you focused on the present moment. So your action step is to see what you could do to begin a practice. Now, it might be only two minutes while you're in the bathroom or while you're brushing your teeth or even sitting on the commode, but do what you can. And then we went through an exercise about mindful eating. This is something that Jon Kabat-Zinn introduced at the Stress Reduction Clinic many years ago. This is an easy exercise, and it's really great for those who want to moderate their portion size when eating. And what you need is a raisin and a clock or a timer. The goal is to spend three to five minutes eating just one raisin. It's all about noticing and being present, noticing every single thing about that experience. You can also be mindful while driving. I mean, the unconscious mind takes over the wheel when we learn to drive, and it pulls in the conscious mind if it's necessary, like if we're going to hit something. But if we're actually being mindful, we'll be more attentive while driving. Notice how you feel in the vehicle, you know, your state of alertness, the surroundings. Notice your breathing, sensation of your hands on the steering wheel. Accidents often happen when we're not paying attention. We can also be mindful while walking or running. You can do this by pacing your breathing to your stride, whether you're walking or jogging, doesn't matter. If you do a mindfulness meditation, walking, you actually walk very slowly, being mindful of every piece of that movement. And as you walk, you breathe and slowly raise your foot and then put it down and then your other foot and you just continue that process. There's so many ways that you can practice meditation and mindfulness. You can do it in front of the mirror too. Standing in front of the mirror and taking some deep breaths in and out. Relaxing for a moment and looking into the mirror with new eyes. Noticing yourself in the mirror. Now you can brush your teeth mindfully. Slowly paying attention to how you're doing it, how it feels, and how fresh your mouth feels. Expressing gratitude. There are so, so many ways. The next part of our series, we dived into how to release the feel-good chemicals that we naturally have in our brain. We specifically focused on serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, and oxytocin. As you might remember, serotonin is good for promoting a happier, positive mood. It also helps with sleep by regulating your circadian rhythm. helps with appetite, learning, memory, all kinds of things. This is the, the chemical, although it's a drug, put in some of the antidepressants that we have in our drugs today. Dopamine is the other thing we talked about. That causes a happy feeling when, say, somebody likes your post on social media or acknowledges you with a smile. You release dopamine when when you succeed at something. It's part of that reward center in your brain. And then endorphins are released in response to pain. It's kind of like that runner's high, right? Now, some people take a really cold shower for just a couple of minutes to release more endorphins. Now, of course, there are several reasons people do this, but one of the ways is to release more endorphins. But you can release endorphins a more fun way by actually having a really good belly laugh. When you laugh that hard that it hurts, you kind of all have had that feeling. You get that joyful feeling. It's just, you're almost euphoric. It's caused by endorphins. And then oxytocin is the other one that we talked about. That's sometimes called the love hormone or the hugging drug because it's released in the brain during physical contact with others. Oxytocin is produced in the hypothalamus part of the brain, and it influences bonding, creation of group memories, social recognition, and other social functions. It's a part of feeling in love and feeling friendship and deep trust. Oxytocin also boosts your immune system and helps you solve problems better. For all of these good feeling chemicals, there are some common things that we can do. You can go back to listen to any of the episodes to get more details. But the way you exercise, the way you move your body, the foods you eat, the music, massage, relaxation, meditation, sunlight, and social interactions are just a few of the ways that you can boost these feel-good chemicals and really use that drugstore in your brain. Now, we then discussed how to achieve restful sleep. So many of us struggle with this today. We explored some sleep hygiene tips. You know, oftentimes, part of it is worrying about not being able to fall asleep, and then our brain kicks in, and that pretty soon that's all you can think about. Oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. So preparing for bed and a good night's rest is critical. Start by unwinding, you know, winding down before you go to bed so that you are relaxed and in a frame of mind for sleep and expect to sleep. Create a a a habit. You know, if you brush your teeth, wash your face, comb your hair, whatever you do at night, if you do this in the same order every night and then you go to bed, your body learns that and knows that sleeping comes next in the sequence. And it's always a good idea to avoid reading, eating, watching TV, anything else in bed. Because over time, again, this gives your body the wrong message. It tells your body, oh, it's time to watch TV or whatever. But when you go to bed, it's not to sleep. So if you want to watch TV in your bedroom or read or whatever, put a chair next to your bed and sit there instead. And going to bed only when you're sleeping and getting out of bed, if you can't sleep after about you know, 15, 20 minutes and then returning to bed only when you feel ready also helps to reestablish that psychological connection between the bedroom and sleeping. And of course, things like meditation, listening to relaxing music, doing imagery can also be helpful in falling asleep as well. So we talked about creating a daily routine with a lot of the things that we had talked about up to this point. Carving out some me time for you every day, I think is really important. Now, sometimes our biggest challenge is loving ourselves, especially loving ourselves unconditionally, right? Many people think that they love themselves, but it's usually based on conditions. So if you get upset with yourself because you made a mistake or you don't think you're thin enough or smart enough or good enough, you love yourself conditionally. Only when you're having a good hair day, you lose weight, you whatever. If you love yourself unconditionally, none of those things matter. Accepting yourself just as you are. That's really loving yourself unconditionally. And self-acceptance is the first step to self-love. So we talked about some of the techniques that you could try using, like taking in love. It begins with that self-acceptance. So if you struggle with that, self-acceptance and self-love, you know, another technique is to just begin with the part of you that you can see, like in the mirror, Like your smile or your eyes or your face. And then love that part of you. Focus on just that. Loving yourself means you accept all of you, warts and all. And you know, relationships, we can't live without relationships, right? And nobody wants to be in a bad relationship. So we talked about some of the few but really important elements of a good relationship. So I shared some highlights on good communication, respect, truth and honesty, support, empathy, being flexible, appreciation and affection. Then we moved on to nutrition and talking about a healthy diet. We discussed how important it is to pay attention to what and how we are ingesting what we put into our bodies, both foods and liquids. So how and what kinds of food and liquid we ingest and how much water we drink every day makes a huge difference in our health and well-being. I always say, if God made it, eat it. Eating a healthy diet with lots of fruits and vegetables is a great idea. I always tell people to eat in technicolor. Most beige, brown, and white foods are really not so good for us. Maybe the exception is cauliflower. But there's a lot more nutritional value in blueberries and the red vegetables and fruits, the orange foods, the dark leafy green vegetables. So eat in color. And if God made it, You're probably safe to eat it. If you didn't, you might want to think twice. So shopping around the outside of the grocery store is where you're going to find most of the healthier, fresher foods. The processed foods are in the inner aisles of the grocery store, typically. And an increase in the good fats, like the omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil, flaxseed oil, those protect your brain and heart. Anything that protects your brain will help you feel better. Balancing proteins, carbohydrates, and fats throughout the day helps you stabilize your blood sugar and actually helps you keep satisfied longer. And don't skip meals. It is true what they say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day because it's the longest time that you have been eat, have eaten since your previous day's meal. Now, some people do intermittent fasting, and that's a totally different topic, but in general, it's good to eat breakfast. Drinking enough water every day. This was so, so important. I mean, our bodies are 70 to 80% water. And if it doesn't take much of a lack to just have a a drop of just a couple percents. And just a drop of 2% can cause some daytime fuzziness. It's the number one cause of afternoon fatigue. And it can worsen emotional and physical pain. It can even cause memory issues. And it's good to think of terms of everything in moderation. So if you drink alcohol, do so in moderation. Besides, it's a lot of empty calories and not very nutritious. Same goes for caffeine, soft drinks, everything. Eating foods in moderation will help you with weight loss as well. You know, a smaller portion sizes is a good weight management strategy. And we talked about taking supplements like vitamins and minerals for extra insurance. Because our lives today are so busy. Even if people eat well, and a lot of people don't eat so good, I recommended a quality multivitamin mineral supplement with a good amount of magnesium and vitamin D. You know, our everyday foods just don't contain the nutrients that they did hundreds of years ago, and that's due to decades of commercial fertilization of the soil. It's depleted much of the nutrients over time. So vitamins and minerals are necessary for strengthening the immune system, increasing your metabolism. They give you more energy. They also help your brain function better and increase your memory and concentration. We also talked specifically about vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, magnesium, which is your body's relaxation mineral, and omega-3s that protect your heart, brain, and just about everything in between. After we went through the healthy diet and nutrition, we delved into the mind-body connection. You know, if you could see your mind, it would look like an iceberg. You know, that little bit that you can see of the iceberg that's above the water, that's like your conscious mind. However, that huge part of the iceberg under the water, the part that we can't see, that's like your subconscious mind. And some people call this the unconscious mind. You know, everything we've ever experienced is in our subconscious mind, someplace, all stacked up like a deck of cards, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it. And current research shows that 90 to 95% of what we say, do, think, and feel every day is influenced by our subconscious mind is filled with beliefs. Limiting beliefs are things that we've heard or maybe experienced in the past that negatively color the way we see the world as adults. Subconscious mind is where almost all of those limiting beliefs are. We don't intentionally or consciously have limiting beliefs, but they're there. They're under the surface of the water, so to speak. Limiting beliefs get in our way and keep us stuck or limited in some way. As an example, many of us grew up hearing you have to work hard to get ahead. Well, we wind up imagining that we have to work really hard at anything to have any type of abundance or prosperity. It doesn't come without hard work, and that's not necessarily true. On the other hand, life-enhancing beliefs are formed by experiences that made us feel good, like when people say that we did a good job or they helped us to feel confident and good about ourselves. It it helps us think about anything. Now hypnosis happens more often than we realize and we've all been hypnotized many times in our life and don't even know it because there's only two things that are required for hypnosis one is a focused state of attention and the other is a suggestion so we've all experienced this without referring to it as hypnosis but it really kind of is when you are in a state of focused attention you are prone to suggestions or hypnosis when you view certain people as authority figures like parents or teachers What they say, and more specifically, what we hear influences us and actually provides that hypnotic suggestion. The good news is you can undo those limiting beliefs and that pre-hypnotic suggestions by learning techniques to change them. Affirmations is one of those. Using affirmations is something that you can start right now to make shifts in your subconscious mind. Saying an affirmation is kind of like talking to yourself. If you practice affirmations enough, And believe what you're saying, pretty soon you're going to just believe those statements. The key is truly believing what you're saying and really feeling it, not just thinking, oh yeah, that's not like, that's not going to happen. Affirmations is one way to get the good stuff, those life enhancing beliefs, to the top of your pile in the subconscious mind. So when you're talking to the subconscious mind, you remember that it's similar to talking with a small child. Little children, ages say three to five years old, don't really understand the future. Everything is here and now, that's really all they know. The other thing that little kids don't understand is the word no, until we teach them what no means. If we say don't do that, all they really hear is do that. That's just like our subconscious mind. So focus on what you want, be in present tense and avoid negative words. So beginning statements with things like I feel, I am, I have, I know, or I believe is much more effective than using the future tense like I will. Affirmations in and of themselves are simply words. It's the feeling that you put into those words that makes the difference. You have to believe what you're saying in an affirmation. That's what makes it powerful. If you're saying an affirmation aloud, say it as though you really mean it. And then we talked about using imagery, and you can even add this to your affirmations. Using your imagination and pretending as if you've already achieved whatever it is that you want is so powerful. I think using imagery is a powerful tool that really you can use to manifest anything. We've been talking about limiting beliefs and how they keep us stuck from achieving the life we desire. And we talked about the affirmations to use those as a tool But the key to affirmations to being an effective tool is to believe what you're saying. So one way to really believe what you're saying is to imagine it. Imagine being there. What what it is you want right now. And as though you are in that moment. And then, of course, feeling grateful for being there. And really feeling it. I mean, athletes do this all the time. The good ones, anyway. A golfer or a basketball player imagines the ball going into the hole or the shot just the way they want it. Almost everyone has heard about the power of positive thinking, but I think the power of positive imagining is even greater. In this episode, we illustrated this using an exercise imagining eating a lemon wedge. So if you missed it or you want to to know more about that, just go back to that episode and listen to that, and I'll walk you through the exercise. We talked about the power of the written word, Journaling techniques are a great way to work on your inner game and manifest the life you want. Simply writing down what you did that day is really more like a diary. But if you do this kind of journaling, that's fine. Just add a gratitude section to each entry if you don't already do this. As an example, you can, you know, list three things you're grateful for, maybe from the day before or or something recent, and then continue on with your journal entry. Journaling can be done in so many ways. Adding the emotion really gives it superpower. When you think something, say something, or write something, in your gut, you can tell if you really believe it. Just notice. You feel different, empowered, confident. Maybe there's a smile on your face. If you don't believe it, you really have a very different reaction, don't you? You can journal the present, the future, start a gratitude journal, a freestyle. You can also be artistic and create an art journal or a dream journal. You can write a, your letter to yourself at whatever age you are, to maybe your little self as a child or to someone else. There are so many ways to journal, but taking advantage of that power that the written word has is really amazing. And next we talked about moving your body, because you gotta move. We were meant to move. Perhaps the mere thought of exercising causes your face to contort in anguish. Well, some people consider exercise a dirty word. And that's probably because the type of exercise they're doing when they do it isn't something they enjoy. I think it's so important to choose activities you like to do. Otherwise, the likelihood of you sticking with an exercise or any movement routine will drop off. So imagine how you would feel to just be goofy, you know, jumping on a trampoline or dancing in your house like no one's watching. We were all meant to move. An enjoyable exercise feeds your spirit as well as your body. It's important to have a good time while you're exercising or while you're moving. Don't think of it as exercise if you don't like that word. Think of it as movement. Do what you love. Almost any form of exercise or movement can increase your fitness level while decreasing your stress. So just find a way to fit it into your day. Practicing gratitude has a huge impact on our emotions and our emotional health, and it can also influence our physical health. Regular gratitude makes us happier. You know, people attention to the good in their life instead of everything that's going wrong or the bad. Just feel better. It increases your psychological well being. A regular gratitude practice enhances well being overall. It can make you feel better about your circumstances, which can lead to you feeling better about yourself and can enhance your self esteem and your confidence level. Regular gratitude really helps protect you when you're struggling. So say if you have uh, struggles with depression or anxiety or stress, the practice of gratitude can make a difference in how you feel and how well you handle that situation. You know, there's always some nugget of good in everything. That's silver lining, so to speak. Sometimes you really got to search for it, but it's always there. Maybe it's just the lesson that you learned from it. But there's always a golden nugget to help you feel better and to help you move forward. The relationship between health health is astounding. The fact is, when we've been hurt, humiliated, or angered, whether it's real or imagined, not forgiving blocks the flow of love and adversely affects our energy. It affects our bodily functions, including our health. You know, muscles might tighten, we might get headaches, or pain in our neck, or arms, or legs, or back. Nausea in the pit of our stomach. It affects the way we supply oxygen and nutrients to ourselves, and it can cause poor sleep. Teeth clenching. Jaw's tight. I mean, the list goes on and on. Basically, unforgiveness keeps you a prisoner in your own prison. And it's not good for your health or well-being. And forgiveness might be forgiving yourself for something or forgiving someone else. Now, it's okay to be angry with someone else or yourself for a short time, but then let it go. Don't carry it around with you. And don't live in that negative energy. I always say to people, just don't live there. We are hardest on ourselves and can be our own worst critic. So when you don't forgive yourself for something, it can result in feelings of depression, low self-esteem, a sense that you're not worthy. Not being able to forgive yourself or others negatively affects your energy and your life in all ways. And anger and forgiveness are difficult things to deal with. If you feel guilty, you're really angry with yourself. It's anger turned inward. Emotions like anger and hatred don't make us feel very good, right? Forgiving ourselves is probably the most difficult thing. It's probably easier to forgive other people, but self-acceptance or accepting you just the way you are at any moment, knowing that you are perfect just the way you are at this moment, helps in that forgiveness piece. We talked about stress management. Managing your stress is so essential for your overall well-being, isn't it? So how often do you get frustrated or upset about something and, and it's not really that big of a deal? You know, it's those chronic little stressors in our lives that cause the most harm. Most people do just fine in an emergency, maybe even better than they thought they would. But it's the everyday little irritations that make life difficult. So how many times do you say to when something happens, how often do you say, so what, and let it go then and there? Personally, I don't think we say so what enough in our lives. And it's that letting go part that many of us have trouble with. In many situations, it's good to ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? Will I even remember this five or ten years from now? Did anybody die? Will this one little event change my whole life in a big way? Will I even remember this? If we're not able to let go of those so what issues, it will affect our lives negatively for a long time. And so I shared my so-what technique on this episode. And it's made a major difference in so many people's lives. I hope that you go back and try that if you haven't already. Now, medicine, interestingly enough, also uses the principle of the law of attraction. But they call it something else. It's similar to the placebo effect. You know, many of us have heard the term placebo effect. Research uses this technique all the time when they're testing the effectiveness of drugs. If a patient receives a sugar pill and has the same result as the actual medication, it's called a placebo effect. It's because the individual believed it was a pill that would help them. Well, it's the same thing with law of attraction. Our thoughts create a placebo effect. So not as many people have heard about the nocebo effect, which is the opposite. And it's just as powerful, if not more so. The nocebo effect has the opposite effect, and it's a negative reaction. Now, this can occur in the healthcare setting if a healthcare provider tells the patient there's nothing that can be done, and they just need to learn to deal with it. Well, whether there's, that's effective or not, it won't be effective because they believe that it won't be. That's the nocebo effect. They've basically become hypnotized to believe that. Our thoughts become things. You know, I had asked you on an episode to think about what it is that you think about. What are your thoughts like? The life that you lead probably reveals the answer. If you're happy and successful, you most likely have thoughts of happiness and success. If you're wading through an endless stream of problems and are unhappy in life, your thoughts might be filled with doubt and fear and anger and helplessness and pain. A positive mind expects happiness, joy, and blessings. If you stay positive and think joyful, uplifting thoughts, your whole being will broadcast happiness and success. And we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about laughter. Oh my goodness. Laughter is the best medicine. It really is. It's a great stress reliever. And if you routinely have enough play and laughter throughout your daily life, you will most likely see the world differently and feel less stressed. When you're stressed, laughter can lighten the load. It actually induces physical changes in your body. Laughter, especially when it's a really good belly laugh, enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air that stimulates your heart and your lungs and your muscles. It increases those endorphins that we talked about earlier. Even just that change in your face, the change in, in the muscles makes you feel better. Laughter can cool down your stress response. You get that good feeling and you're just more relaxed. Laughter soothes tension, whether it's an internal tension, something you're upset about internally, or you're in a relationship situation. And laughter isn't just a quick pick-me-up. It's really good for the long term. Laughter can improve your immune system. It's the mind-body connection at work. Negative thoughts produce chemical reactions in our body that bring more stress into our system and increase our cortisol levels and decrease your immunity. By contrast, positive thoughts and laughing causes us to release neuropeptides that help fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses. Laughter can ease pain by causing the body to produce its own painkillers like endorphins. Again, something we talked about earlier. Compassion. Compassion for yourself and others is so important. Compassion is defined as the ability to understand the emotional state of another person or to really understand yourself. As a result, compassion is us to help and support others and ourselves. It inspires us to do what we can to ease the other person's suffering. In fact, compassion literally means to suffer together. Now, oftentimes we confuse compassion with empathy, and they're very closely related. Empathy refers to our ability to imagine ourselves in someone else's shoes. Therefore, we experience the emotions of that other person. Compassion goes beyond empathy and involves the need to help them in some way. Compassion is an innate human quality. We're all born with it. The tendency to be generous and kind to others. And being compassionate makes us happy. It stimulates those pleasure centers in our brain. And lastly, we talk about intuition, that inner knowing. Sometimes people don't hear the inner wisdom that's speaking to them. You know, we all have those gut feelings. I'm sure that you've had those. The spiritual side of intuition says that we're all gifted with inner guidance and wisdom when we come into this life. And if we ask a question and are still enough to hear the answer, the answers will come because they're all inside of us. Whatever greater power you believe in, some call it God or spirit, creator, Buddha, the universe, or whatever, the energy is within you and not out there somewhere else. Now, it can be difficult for people to trust their intuition. The messages that come from your inner wisdom might be Guides you to avoid something, but it will never berate or belittle you in the process. Now, we also have a little inner critic, too. It's that little naysayer, metaphorically on our shoulder. Sometimes the inner, the inner critic is louder, telling us something won't work, we can't do something, or we don't deserve it. The inner critic is kind of an internal bully, if you will. But if you be still and listen, you'll be able to hear your inner wisdom and your inner guidance. And you know, Everything is energy. Everything is energy, and energy vibrates. All energy vibrates. Albert Einstein proved that when you come right down to it, everything in the universe, everything is energy. The concept of universal flow of energy is not a new one. The ancient chi, the ancient Hindu, called it prana. Everything, be it nature, sound, color, oxygen, thoughts, emotions, the wind, your chair, your house, your car, your dog, your physical body, the stars, Anything, your ability to see in any of your senses, all of this exists because of energy. And energy, all energy, equals vibration. We talked about vibration earlier. We all have different frequencies of energy or vibration. And we know that our thoughts and our inner mental feeling, emotions, influence what kind of a vibration or what kind of an energy we have. For example... We, if we feel inadequate or shortchanged by life, or sad or angry, we vibrate at a lower frequency. If we feel abundant and confident and accept ourselves completely, then we feel at a higher frequency of vibration. And we get what we vibrate. Our thoughts and feelings create our vibrations. Things like meditation, yoga, breathwork, gratitude, many of the things that we've talked about in this series will help to increase your energetic vibration. Well, there you have it, a summary, although a little bit longer show today, of all the things that we talked about in the self-care series of 2021. You can go back and seek out specific episodes after listening to this if you like, and you'll always find them at bonniegressel.com or your favorite podcast directory. You know, we all have gifts to share. I am so honored that I was able to share some of these gifts with you. Remember, no one in the whole world does what you do the way you do it. There are people out there who want what you have. Maybe you want to help others. You know, the coaching industry, as I mentioned, is growing so rapidly. Whether you're just starting out coaching or you are thinking about being a coach or maybe you've already established a practice, there's so much to learn. But it can be accomplished quickly and easily with the right guidance. I've been where you are, and I have had to learn some things the hard way, which took a little bit longer, but I found that working with a coach really helped me in my journey years ago. With CLIP a system, it makes it so much easier. So if you want to chat about your goals or pick my brain a little bit, please reach out to me at Bonniegressel.com and just go to the contact page, and you can set up a time to talk, or you can just shoot me an email, and my email is on that page You can text me if you're so inclined. So again, it's been my honor and my privilege to serve you in this way, to share my gifts with you over these past several months. We meet again through health, happiness, and abundance.